listen to Flux Pod. My name is Matthew Perpetua. This episode features Leela and Bree from the band Crumb. Crumb made one of my favorite records from this year. It's called Ice Melt. I have uh, played them in kind of radio episodes that have appeared on the, uh, the Patreon. And I, just a reminder that the Patreon is there. $5 a month gets you four episodes that are just there and like we've had the series on uh, u2 and sonic youth and uh there's gonna be some more stuff like that's coming up soon oh yeah let's not forget september we had the led zeppelin uh mini series but uh yeah and this episode is just talking to crumb about uh their experience of uh coming out of a uh, weird uh, lockdown that made them kind of record their album kind of in two chunks kind of separated by a lot of time and then going out on tour in the kind of uh, weird kind of still in pandemic but kind of not in pandemic mode and uh, also kind of talking about their process and you know they're uh, entirely independent and you know the importance to them of releasing music on their own so yeah that, that's what to look forward to in this episode but uh, I'm going to play a little bit of Crumb and then uh, come back and talk to Leela and Bree. audience who you are and what you do sure hey, I'm Leela. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's a great gonna happen <laughs> um i'm Leela. um i play guitar and sing in the band and i'm brie and i play synthesizers keyboards and um saxophone yes quite spectacularly so i uh i, I saw you guys play um I guess like a few weeks ago, and right. I had actually forgotten that you, there was sax in the live band. And yeah, yeah it's it's quite show stopping. Thanks. Which show were you at? I was at the one in Brooklyn. Cool. That was a good one. So too. yeah, I wanted to. You're actually the first people I've talked to who have been touring in this kind of like post or mid pandemic, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, I'm curious, like, how, what was the experience like for you all? 
Um, I can just speak to, like, for so long we thought it wasn't going to happen. So, like, I feel like up until, like, the day we left, we were kind of like, is this going to happen? Um, <laughs> and then it happened somehow miraculously. And it's I'm, I'm still kind of, like, processing it. But it was great. Um, I don't know what else to say. Brie, anything? Yeah, it was... <laughs> It was kind of, you like went in and out of like being like, oh, totally normal. And then like, oh, things are super not normal. And depending on where we, what city we were in, obviously like really different, you know, some shows were like fully masked and um, some were not masked at all. You know, we, we required them, but not everybody participated. Um, but it, it where, like, where did you find it to be like the most masked? I feel like the DC, <laughs> Philly, New York strip, you know, college yeah. towns. The South was very, was very unmasked for the yeah. most part. Um, oh man, I was hanging towards the back of the New York one and it didn't seem like there were many masks at all. But oh, really? I guess like the closer people are, the more the masks tend to come out. I honestly like can never, like yeah, I can never see. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know, but um, it worked somehow yeah i feel like we were praying like every day and there were a couple stairs like you know yeah. but we were we, the ones we made that it. got a little sick the two of mm-hmm. us we were like eek but it wasn't covid it was just regular sickness. so what kind of like day-to-day process changes go into this are you like uh doing tests every day we didn't um <laughs> But I'm sh- I think like for like bigger tours where there was like a huge crew, people did that. But we were just like six people. We kept it really small. Um, so we just kind of said like, oh, if someone starts feeling sick, we'll we'll test, um, which we did. So um, how were the shows for you? Like once you kind of got out there, because I guess you were, you know, it's been like a, what, like a year and a half or so since you had played shows. Yeah, almost two years. Um, it was like fall 2019 was really our last tour. And it felt amazing. Um, just it was super fun. I think just having a break and feeling a bit more rested and like so grateful to be playing the shows and each day that like we weren't sick felt like a miracle. And um, the energy of people being back to hear live music, um, yeah, just felt pretty exciting and present in a, in a new way. So uh, you're touring for your second album. We should probably double back slightly. <laughs> that, um, yeah, you're touring for an album called Ice Melt, which I'm, I'm a very big fan of. And what the, were the circumstances of making that record like largely like during the pandemic? Or like what, what, is the, what was the process and uh, context for all of that being made? Yeah, we recorded it pretty much like the first year of the pandemic, 2020. Um, we were like recording it and that's when like the the lockdown happened. And so we stopped probably like we had 10 days left and we stopped for a few months and we're kind of just suspended in L.A. Just like it was those crazy first few months where no one was going outside. <laughs> Um, and just were there. And then we started, we picked back up again over the summer and for I think two months 
we did we just stretched it out a bunch and finished it up but we had to the studio we were recording in closed and we had to move to a different studio it was kind of hectic but it it worked out and we were actually pretty grateful that we had like a thing to work on during that period uh were you working together remote in the kind of the interim no we were just stopped waiting (laughs) i mean thinking about it probably and listening but not working on it actively how did uh, starting and then having this long hiatus in the middle of the project and then coming back to it uh, affect how it came out and how the songs uh, turned out? I think it was, there's like a plus and a minus to it. I feel like definitely recording with like a whole team and everyone, like it was just such an emotional experience and, and you know, with, with Rado and Michael Harris and assistants and all of us, like we were all were going through the same thing together. So it felt like this was really like everyone's outlet. And I feel like that <clears throat> got reflected. Um, maybe having like all these extra months with like no other stimulation, maybe like uh, allowed for like a lot of, a lot of thought, a lot of thought going into it, which was great, but also like, like, oh, that would have been nice to like record a couple months and then move on. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Did you revise any of the material in that time? Um, I don't think it was revised. We kind of just, we finished up a bunch of songs and then we recorded, I think, three songs in this new studio, which was Jonathan Rado's studio, which also has since then closed. <laughs> <laughs> so this is actually the third recording studio that we've been the last people to record in. It's kind of spooky. But fear not. The next one <laughs> will not do that to you. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was kind of, we just were adding stuff and yeah, recorded a couple more of them. I remember we were recording the song LA like on the day that, like the two days that, we really were like, okay, any minute now we're going to have to lock down and then yeah. came back like two months later and we're like, Oh, that recording like sucked because we all were, <laughs> we were just all were literally like on our phones and like freaking out. Um, so we did re record that. process of writing like for you guys like how do you uh compose and then arrange um it's definitely like i think we're always trying to like evolve it and try new things and but for the past i guess for ice melt and for most of our other stuff it usually starts with like a a demo on my end just like the basic chords, melodies, lyrics and stuff like that. And then we start playing the song and like parts get written, 
grooves get figured out and it kind of just we play it live maybe and over time it starts to form and then you know other ones come about in more of a jammy kind of way I'd say um but yeah we're always trying to do new stuff in terms of our creation process Brie, coming into these songs, I guess, kind of on the second step, like, what do you, what do you feel like you hear or, you know, what kind of, how do ideas come to you for how to flush the songs out from where they start? Yeah, I feel like it's, there's something cool about, like, everyone kind of has, um, like, fills out, I almost think of it like, uh, um, you know, John and, and Jesse are, are really like the engine of it. And Leela's really giving the framework for like, okay, so everything's going to go inside this. And I feel like personally, I like, I'm really interested in uh, different textures and transitions and, and um, instrumentation and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so even the things that, You know, I'll write a little thing and send it to Leela sometimes and she'll come back with the demo and we'll flesh it out. And it's a sort of like, I don't know, three-dimensional process. Like, okay, let's uh, just like kind of feeling what the song is about. So I don't think we really like talk about it so much. I think it's just kind of, I don't know, telepathic and, mm. and just like, oh, this this song makes me feel this kind of way and um, the patch and the patches get made and the form gets flushed out. And, you know, we have different sections, especially for live that involve a lot of improvisation. And um, yeah, I think something about our music, like each song definitely is its own world, which is why like our songwriting process is like always changing and, obviously based on what you know Leela's ideas are coming in for different albums um each one feels very like okay nothing about anything else just this song what are the what are the sounds what is this about and um and really like creating a scene out of it do any of you play in other bands or is this like your main uh cl- art you know, your main artistic gig definitely our main yeah definitely gig. Our main. <laughs> uh john and jesse were were in a band oh i guess we all were in bands prior to uh to crumb in different formations but since it started it's kind of been life consuming definitely not to say that it'll never happen but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it feels like our like our we all like converge into this one project and like have our, they're not defined roles, but like have our, you know, strengths in the the writing process, playing what, what specific instruments we're playing. And then in our own personal lives, like there's, you know, I'm excited to see all the, all the things that we make outside of Chrome as well. But it's like when we come into Chrome universe, it's like we've created created this thing that we keep feeding that keeps growing and evolving and changing. And, um, as we do too. So it's definitely an exciting, uh, thing that feels very organic and, 
not so not so thought about like it really just i think uh comes together how do you usually describe the band when people you know just push you to do so because i feel like you know what you're saying i agree with that you kind of have like this very specific thing and i find myself having trouble trying to explain the band in words <laughs> four friends i usually yeah i usually <laughs> stare awkwardly at the ceiling and like give a smile because i don't know what to say I think the thing I usually the thing I usually land on is kind of like it's like a psychedelic bend, you know. Yeah, that's kind of what we get sort of boxed into, but it doesn't really feel. It means a lot of things. It means a lot of things. Yeah, I think it means something different than what people like. For sure, don't feel like a psych rock band, but Mm -hmm. I think like maybe psychedelic in in a like mind expansive way. Yeah. Are there um, like who, who do you kind of look to as like other band role models, both either aesthetically or like how they work, uh, just kind of as a, as, you know, also, either just as a way to, for you to you know make art, but also as like oh, there's a path forward. You feel like you have one. Mm-hmm. I feel like for like vo- like for vocalists, I kind of. Um, look to I mean I feel like broadcast is a huge inspiration I used to be really into Nico um Kalela is really cool just like kind of random but in terms of bands I can't I can't really think of one band that we like really look up to maybe I'm maybe I'm not thinking of them but there's definitely like just so many influences from from different places totally. um, like the blonde redhead uh kind of um what's that band called the <laughs> 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 um, so band stereo lab broadcast is is a very valid comparison i feel like air the band air i really love mm-hmm. is but yeah it's really hard to pin down yeah even when we're all like in a room sometimes it's just like i'll start playing i think we're all definitely influenced by a lot of like brazilian music as well it's like uh but just like if we start playing something i feel like sometimes i'm like oh let's play make us feel like we're in a 60s rock band and sometimes i'm like let's we're jazz or now we're like doing uh we're sampling a bunch of stuff and it's kind of like we all listen to and are influenced by so many types of music that it's like we can all bring it out of each other. So it's always like shifting in a really fun and refreshing way, I think. Um, And I feel like a lot of these bands like broadcast, like I found out about like after the band started actually, um, and then fell in love with them and was like, oh, this is amazing. But it (laughs) it wasn't the other way around. Also just meeting people, like we've met so many musicians through touring and Mm-hmm. on the road and stuff that I feel like then feed like inspire us and feedback into our music probably in some totally some way. do you feel like you're part of a community of musicians at the moment honestly no like you know <laughs> through of... Instagram but not in real life <laughs> <laughs> I mean we haven't been able to kind of hang out like 
yeah, see people for a while. But I think that's like definitely a, always a goal. And a, yeah, it was nice being at like Desert Days for a second and just seeing you know a few people and um, being fans of each other and like yeah, it's like oh this is nice that I want more <laughs> of that. Yeah, it feels good for, you know, to find your peers and then, you know, I, feel, I think when people find their peers artistically, they tend to, you know, have a kind of a, a good, friendly kind of competition. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm very wary of, like, music scenes, like, especially in New York. I'm just like, I don't want to be in this. <laughs> but um, definitely having, like, other peer musicians to make music with. Where do you all live at the moment? I'm I'm in Brooklyn. Yeah, I live in New I York. Um, but I'm in Seattle currently, but I'll be back at the end of the week. And uh, Jesse's in New York, and Jonathan lives in LA. Okay, so you're mostly a New York band in that case. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're going like we recorded in LA, and our next tour in the spring will kind of start there. So definitely. St- more and more feeling this, you know, bi-coastal situation. <laughs> yeah, I try to be bi-coastal, but... <laughs> Leela, I read just recently that you grew up in Gowanus. I did, yeah. That's I lived, I've, I've lived kind of like right on the edge of Gowanus for like nine years now. Oh, really? And yeah, yeah, yeah I live kind of like off the, <laughs> right off the Union Street stop oh, on yeah. the R train, oh, like yeah. that little zone. Um I was thinking about this. Uh, it seems like a very odd place to grow up. I think, especially maybe like when you were younger. Uh, now, I guess it's a little different, but like because it's it's you know, people use the word liminal a lot, but it's a very liminal neighborhood. Wait, so sorry. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, it's kind of like a neither here nor there. It's kind of like oh, the space yeah, between totally. different neighborhoods. Yeah, I mean now it's like changing like crazy, but definitely when I was a little kid like my mom has a studio um on Union Street um she's an artist and I would always just go between there and my house which is like seven blocks away um and it was definitely a no man's land (laughs) and uh now there's like an ample hill what kind Uh, of art does your mother make uh she's a, a visual artist um now she does like mixed media stuff, but for a long time she she ran kind of like an art space in the Gowanus that was called Proteus Gowanus. Um, that was kind of like books, artifacts, Gowanus uh, history she, uh, kind of stuff. But she's she's been an artist in Gowanus for thirty years, so she's really she's been there a while. <laughs> Did you know, like, pretty on early on growing up that you wanted to be an artist as well? Um, no, I mean, kind of. It was definitely, like, I think subconsciously, like, seeing my mom being, like, just doing it for, you know, her whole life. She's just done that. It was kind of just instilled in me that I could do that, which I feel like for other people it was not <laughs> at all. So I feel like that kind of probably pushed me in a lot of ways to even think of it as a possibility um but 
yeah, pretty early on I I started doing music and it was kind of the only thing I cared about. But then my dad gave me the the more practical side. He was like, You can't you can't study that. Bree, did you also grow up in a kind of artistic family? Um, definitely like my siblings are both uh, musical, artistic. Not my mom and, and dad weren't um, aren't like really artists, but they definitely lovers of music and theater and art. So definitely grew up around like that being um, appreciated. And yeah, I think I always knew that like I couldn't really do anything. Like if I had to, I could do something else, but, um, but I never knew. You felt you got a calling, I guess. Yeah. When I was younger though, I wanted like, I used to want to be a dancer. Then I used to, then I kind of shifted to music Been doing, I don't know. Then I studied jazz for a while. That was a phase. I was going to ask about that, actually. Um, not, not specifically about you studying jazz, but I was wondering if like, any of you had a background in jazz because it feels like something that kind of burbles up in the music. Yeah. We all like... I think we all kind of, yeah, have had... Yeah. Either through like just learning. For me, it was like just a way to learn music theory and stuff and mm-hmm. in like a nerdy way when I was in high school. Um, but then... Um, yeah, Brie really did the, the jazz school thing. And yeah. Jesse studied music at um, where we went to college. John, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's something about like the love of the, like, yeah, like first it's a great thing to just learn about music and like expand your skills and understanding, but also just like the, I think I personally just fell in love with the expressive improv, improvising organic part of it um and just love like transcribing solos and uh really using my ears a lot and like um yeah and just like getting to play i feel like it's a way of um really connecting with other people through music and each that kind of idea of like playing with different people brings something else out of you uh is something that even in our live shows now like is definitely an important part. I think all of us like, yeah, just like keeping things really fresh and alive and present and current. And um, yeah, it's a really important part for my own expression. Do you feel like this is something that's just going to kind of become a bigger part of what you do as you move along and have more confidence in what you're doing? I think so. I or I hope so. I, I feel like just yeah, leaning into our more kind of like loose, weird, improvised selves is definitely a goal um, for our next stuff. And just yeah, just like being less perfect and kind of uh, yeah, just opening it up is always mm-hmm. a goal. So the first few records you've put out, uh, the singles and the two albums, like those are self-released, right? Every everything's been self-released. 
So I'm curious about how much work that takes up of your time, because it seems like a huge investment. And obviously, people get on labels to not have to do that work. Yeah, there were many times, like, I think at the beginning, we didn't expect um, the how uh, big things got necessarily. So I think we just were like putting things out on Bandcamp. Sorry, there's car alarm going off. Um, and it was a lot of work in the beginning, just like figuring out uh, what it, who you need to surround yourself by and who to trust and who to ask questions to. And like definitely did a lot of work when we weren't performing or writing, like uh, crunching numbers and making like business decisions as a band. And then over the years, we've gotten like amazing support booking agent and uh, our managers, Will Michael and, um, a really amazing tour support team. And so I feel like it's been nice that like we really had to, for a few years we were like doing everything and didn't really have um, an ounce of, of free time in, in those years. And now in the last couple of years, it's like, oh, we get to like feel what it feels like to focus on the music, just the music more and more. What was the uh, the main reasoning for doing this? Was it really just to kind of keep control of things and to make as much of the money, keep as much of the money as you could? Yeah, just all, yeah, all of those things. Um, yeah, I think it kind of just happened, and then we were like, we just rolled with it, <laughs> and it just kept growing and growing. And at, at certain times, we 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 contemplated signing to a label but i think ultimately we um we we just thought we didn't need to and eventually got the support so that we could like sustain it do you intend to just kind of keep doing this for uh the indefinite future yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i think it's like you know as it's really cool that it's um, we're in into a phase, especially with this album that it's uh, we're booking shows and we're looking to work on, you know, get back and doing some writing together. And, um, and also that, that free time from maybe not having to, uh, do so much of the like starting starting up work it, like allows for free time for like other um, musical non musical interest pursuits that then get funneled back into the band and I feel like it's this cool journey that the four of us are on where um, for the future where it's like we'll keep meeting back up working on music playing music together and like also growing and um, trying things out in our own individual lives as well. Yeah. I think also like more and more, it feels like this is the direction that music is going. Or like, I talk to so many like peer musicians who are like wanting to be independent and it kind of just feels like that's happening more and more often that people just want to put out their music themselves, which is cool. So, like I think if I understand it correctly, like a lot of things kind of 
really blew up for you from Locket kind of getting very big on Spotify. Is that basically how it went? On YouTube. Oh, YouTube. Wait, so how did it happen? Like, what was the, the sequence of events there? Do you, do you have, like, was there, like, anything that you could point to and be like, oh, that's, that's the thing that did it? <laughs> We've had, like, a few moments. of Like, we put out the first EP, and even, you know, maybe the numbers were smaller, but it was like, whoa, people are listening to this. And then Locket yeah. came out, and we made that video, and we're like, oh, my God, are we a viral band? Um <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i guess like that would probably be the, the thing is like being kind of with like being afraid of it be kind of like a meme or something yeah i mean manny's face definitely has become a meme uh, oh, like yeah. from the end of that video but i think it's just like we've all like during that time we were just still working on stuff and playing shows and had i feel like had enough momentum where like we're able to you know we have almost 30 songs out. We've played a few years of touring that there's enough like breadth to, to everything um, that it supported maybe this one video that got, however, I don't know how many views it has now. <laughs> how did it, do, do you have any insight into how that one broke? <laughs> it somehow just got a, yeah, I think just in the YouTube algorithm, it just became yeah. like one of those videos that that just everyone is fed. Also, like the the drug community <laughs> latched onto it. <laughs> Definitely, it became like a lot of trippers. An acid, an acid thing, <laughs> which we probably should have seen coming. But, uh, I have yeah, to imagine you have like a pretty major stoner contingent for your audience. Yeah, yeah. So. definitely. There's a mix, though. Those people are loud, but you have other <laughs> So, you know, as you're kind of uh, winding down from these touring, uh, for, I'm sorry, as you're, as you're kind of winding down from the touring for Ice Melt, like, do you have a sense of uh, what's happening next? Or do you have things like that are kind of like written in stone or? We'll be doing some more touring in the spring um, and next year, uh, hoping to do some international touring. Um, if, you know, this mid pandemic, uh, if it allows us to, and just meeting up and working on some, some more music. It's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited yeah. about the new, the new chapter. It feels like the pandemic was kind of like, so much rest and time to just regenerate and now it feels like we could yeah we could there's so many things we could work on totally well how can people uh find your band online and, and everywhere else from <laughs> the band.com google search from <laughs> um well thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it Thanks. Thanks for, Thanks having, for us. having us.